You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Dali, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save in unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Dali Talks podcast. I am your host, Dali. Um, so let me tell you a little bit in case this is the first time that you've ever heard this podcast. Um, I'm Dali Rivera. I became a uh, parenting coach and I specialize in bullying awareness and prevention for uh, to educate parents uh, because of a personal experience that I had advocating for my own child. So, you know, I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot, I've um, helped a lot of parents. And one thing that keeps coming up again and again and again is um, the issue of kids who are young, who have devices that give them access to the media, to the to the web, um, and parents thinking that they do not run any risk of being cyberbullied or being attacked in any way online. So one of the things that I include in DABA, the Diversity and Anti-Bullying Academy, which I created uh, in 2019, is a guide on you know how to keep your children safe. So I want to talk to you today about, about that, how to keep your children safe. And you might not agree with what I'm about to say, um, but hear me out and just give it a chance because I'm going to give you some stats and that might make sense to you as to why I'm giving you the guidance that I believe would be most effective. So uh, only one in 10 parents can actually get into their children's devices. Um, and you know what, that's a, that's a very, very low number because most of us think that if you give a child a device, then the adult will be responsible enough to know how to get into it and know what your child is up to, right? But the majority of parents actually have no idea who the child is communicating with. And of course, none of us give a device to our child thinking they're going to do something bad. What we know is that there are people out there that target children, not just cyberbullying, um, or not not just cyberbullies that they happen to know from school or church or the sports activity that they're in or whatever it is, right? Um, wherever these people are, um, know your child from. So we hear a lot of talk about human trafficking, about predators, about uh, sexual abuse of minors and grooming and things like that. And as a matter of fact, some people don't even don't, they don't hear these topics. They don't even know what the word grooming means. And because there is so much lack of information in the general public, I feel, you know, uh, about safety for children who are online, I feel like one of the best things that you can do for your child is to delay giving them access to the web. Now, 
the average age a child has a device of their own here in the United States is 11. So um, some, you know, they you, they you really start seeing them with their own device around eight. Um, and if you think about it, whether it's eight or 11, they're pretty young and probably don't know how to handle tough situations well. Um, for example, if a child encounters porn by accident, um, and here in the United States that happens on average uh, around the age of seven and eight, um, they might freak out because, you know, you see something like that and the first thing you might think as a child is like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get in trouble. So if you have not even had the conversation about that with your child or the sex talk, which, you know, at this age, at this day and age, kids know about sex by that time they're eight. If you think that they don't, I'm sorry, <laughs> but take off the parent blinders and talk to your kids. They might not know the entire scope of it, but they definitely have heard or seen something because the media is extremely... Um, chatty about it and visual about it in commercials, um, in television, in music, it's there. Kids are talking about it. Um, if they don't know the full like scope of it, then they know some of it. So they do know that seeing naked people, you know, online is probably not right. And so is your child confident enough to come and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, um, I saw naked people online. You know, <laughs> do you see them saying that comfortably with to you? You know, and and say, hey, I, I found this and, and I didn't mean to. <clears throat> they probably, probably won't feel like they need to tell you, even if they feel like they won't get in trouble. You know, like, oh, well, that happened. Okay, move on. But see, this is why it's important to know what your child is having access to because um, it, let, let's go with, you know, the fact that your child might not feel uncomfortable coming and telling you, right? But let's assume that they just didn't tell you because they were like, well, they wouldn't care. They know I'm not up to no good, but, you know, why tell them? So here you are thinking that your child is, is fine um, and you might not even have thought of um, putting a monitoring tool on your on your child's device so that it can flag, you know, things like that. Maybe all you did was adjust the settings, which let me tell you, just adjusting the settings is not enough. And as a matter of fact, having the settings adjusted and a monitoring tool does not guarantee full, like 100% safety online. It just increases the likelihood of their safety by a lot. Okay, so and usually when it's not, um, it, when it doesn't work um, effectively 100%, it's usually because we miss things or like the app doesn't have it. You know the the features that you actually need or or that they're maybe they're not working correctly. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. So, if you are a parent who never checks on your child and, you know, yeah, you can ask, hey, so who, who, who have you been speaking to online? 
all my friends okay so who are these friends um think about that you know like do you know every single person what are their names how did you meet them did you did you explain to them how to allow people to friend them online and are you giving them access to social media because being on the web is different than being on social media uh social media is oof, that's a whole nother thing right because you have so many platforms out there they have a lot of different features you know you've got snapchat and people are like oh i don't like snapchat because the stories disappear apparently now the uh there is an option where the stories don't disappear like you can save them or something um then you have instagram you know and everything's curated it's i mean everywhere it's not just instagram anymore um but you know you have dms then there's also um gaming systems you know there's chats there's spaces where you can have private conversations with people online so you really need to know that if you are going to give access to the web um or give your child their own device uh you have to commit to staying on top of it you have to commit to uh having that conversation with your child not just once not just before you buy their device and give it to them right or not just when you have that talk about okay you know i'm going to give you access to social media which platform do you want to be on you know <laughs> or uh you know i'm gonna let you use the phone from this time to this time you know like you have to have a deeper conversation and it has to be a collaborative conversation um, so that your child doesn't feel like they have no option whatsoever. Um, first, I want you to ask, why should your child have their own device? And why, if you're letting them on social media, why do they need to be on social media? A lot of children between the ages of 8 and 10 and 11 are going to come home and say, oh, but my friend so-and-so has a, a phone, you know, but they have Snapchat or, or they have Instagram or they have TikTok and they're going to feel left out. Now, I don't know what your personal take is on kids um, needing to, you know, relate in that way with uh, their peers. I understand that there is some importance in um, having a community online. It has definitely helped some children, uh, especially during this time of uh, a pandemic. Um, but at the same time, the studies show over and over and over, even before the pandemic, that the more children were online, on, uh, especially on social media platforms, that the less... Um, self-confidence they had and more mental health issues because the impact on their um i guess self view is huge it's really big i mean these are kids that are comparing themselves to unrealistic expectations and also cyberbullying you know when people say really mean things re really terrible things some some kids are not ready to receive um criticism which is different than constructive criticism that's a whole nother conversation that you should have with your kids by the way but um let's get back let's stay on track so first ask your why why are you going to allow your baby to be online 
is it going to be to stay in touch with family and friends who like and, I, and what i mean friends is like like people who they really truly know in person that's one thing i tell my kids if you don't know who that is don't friend them don't allow them to be your friends block them or whatever because they're strangers anybody can hide behind a fake profile right um are they going to be on a device because they're doing something constructive, something, maybe they're into arts, maybe they're making music, maybe they are um, designing something um, like architectural things, who knows? Or is it for entertainment, for, you know, for gaming or for watching stuff online? Um, or is it for educational purposes? Are they teaching themselves something, you know, is it for school? So ask yourself the why, okay? Now, if your child already has like an addiction with screens, do you really want to give them their own device without any type of limitations when they already have this problem? Because if they're having um, a problem sleeping, if they're having a problem focusing, not just at home, but in school, maybe it's not a good idea to give them access to a device all the time, you know, for them to have a device to just like have, um, and let's say there's a really good purpose, which most kids actually do have a good purpose for being on there. They want to, number one, connect with other humans, right? Usually it's their friends and family members. <clears throat> so now that you've decided that you're going to allow them to be on there, um, now it's time to have a discussion. Sit down with the family, you know, mom, dad, or grandparents, whoever is, is in the picture and siblings and say, okay, we are willing to give you this device. Now, number one, are you going to give them a full-blown smartphone? Is that necessary? Because if they want to keep in touch with family and friends, maybe they don't need, you know, a smart device. Maybe all they need is one of those phones where you limit it to how many people they can call and, and how many people can call them or text them. And that's it. Uh, maybe they don't need the data. Um, all they need is self-service or in text, but anyway, so have that conversation, you know, look at all those options. Um, how mature is your child to come and report to you if somebody has been targeting them? You know, what if somebody exposes themselves to your child online? What if they send them a picture that is very inappropriate? What if they are, you know, calling them names and tearing them down. How is your child going to respond to that? You actually need to have these conversations with your children. You know, like, what will you do if somebody says really mean things? You know, do you know what to do? Let's talk about reporting it online. But then let's talk about reporting it to me. I'm not going to get mad at you. I just want to know that you're safe and I want to help, right? Um, do it in a very collaborative, friendly uh, manner so that your child doesn't feel like they're in trouble, like it's a tension type of conversation, a tense, you know, uh, situation. So talk about, you know, what could possibly happen and how you would like them to respond. If you have no idea what, you know, what to say or anything, you always have me, you can schedule a, a coaching call with me. Um, and, uh, and I can help you, but just think about all of those things that you'd want to prevent because you want prevention mode. You don't want to be on damage control mode, right? So we've asked the why, then you have sat down with your child and you have 
had this conversation of like, you know, these are the parameters, you know, uh, let's talk now about, you know, like what you do if something happens. Um, let's talk about the screen time limitations. You know, let's talk about which monitoring tool we're going to use. And you have to agree to having these on, on your device if, if we're going to give you a device um, and access to social media or, or just the, the web. Um, talk about um, how you are going to implement consequences if they fail to follow some of the rules. I think that this is really important because you're pretty much creating an agreement with your child. And I actually encourage you to do this in writing, you know, talk about it, take some notes and then go back and draft one. Uh, I have a, a copy that I can provide you if you just, um, comment below and say, Hey, I want, uh, can I have a sample? I will gladly send you a sample, but, um, what, whatever you feel is important to you and your child, include it in that agreement and then actually sign and date it. So in there include the consequence. Like for example, if you, um, you know, start getting C's and D's and, you know, but you're always on your device then we're going to agree that you're going to cut back on your device time. And, you know, we're going to give you those hours back until your grades are back up. Or um, if you are not going to take care of your device, because these devices are expensive, right? So it's not a matter of just managing your time on a device. It's a matter of like, hey, this is an expensive piece of equipment. It's an expensive piece of technology and you have to take care of it. So I have had some parents who include in their agreement that the child, if they're old enough to work, you know, to do chores and earn money um, with extra chores and stuff, that they're going to save up to like $500 every year because in the case that they break their device, then that $500 will cover the screen repair, which is um, pretty pricey. Some people pay a hundred bucks and, but I've seen like two, 250. That's a lot of money. And sometimes kids break their devices more than once a year. So $500 that the child has to earn on their own, uh, to have on savings in case something happens to the device. Um, sometimes parents want the child to, uh, pay part of the phone bill. I mean, to each their own, right? I'm not knocking it. I feel like kids do need to earn for, you know, their way to, you know, to have whatever it is. So like a car or a phone or whatever. So and some, some parents might think, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Why would you do that to your child? Hey, I'm not telling you how to do your parenting. I'm just telling you, these are the options that you have to include in your um, agreement with your child. If you choose to write one up and actually, you know, formally sign it and everything, it's a good idea because you're teaching your child to commit to something and that when you write it down and sign on something um, saying you promise to do X, Y, and Z that you have to stick to it. And in that contract do include the consequences. You know, everything has a consequence, good and bad things, right? If you, um, as a child, if you always get good grades and your behavior is good, then there's no reason for your device to be taken away for that privilege. 
because it is definitely a privilege. It is not an entitlement. And parents, if you think that your child absolutely needs a device, I'm going to say most of the time, I think 99.9% .9 of the times, your child does not need a device. If you're saying, oh, but what if something happens at school? Schools have become extremely good with alerting parents in mass messages, mass phone calls or email or text, whatever you're subscribed to, um, uh, to notify the parents if anything's happened. The other thing too is that all oh, these other kids have devices as well. So if something happens at the school, your child will have at least one person, I guarantee you, um, who will lend them their phone and say, hey, I need to text or call my parent. But the majority of the times, these type of phone calls do not happen. Don't let your fear convince you that your child absolutely has to have a device, especially if they're younger. The older ones, like if they have a job, um, and, and they have to, you know, go from school to their work job or whatever. I, I can understand how you might think that they still need one, but as a matter of fact, they probably still don't. And I know that there are so many things now that tie us to devices. And honestly, this drives me insane. Um, but like bank accounts, you know, you have to have a device to have a code to be able to access, you know, your, your account and all this stuff. Um, so I can understand if this is an older child who has a job and has those type of like needs, you know, to log into a device, but there are workarounds and banks will not tell you that because of course it's more convenient to use a device, but there are workarounds. <laughs> so if you're absolutely trying to avoid your child having a device until they're ready, until you feel that they're ready and they've shown maturity and responsibility, hey, it's it's your show. You're the parent, right? So when you, let's assume that you've already written out this agreement. So it, it includes you know screen time hours. It increase it in, includes like what the expectations, the consequences. Um, you're you have all signed it. You all agree. Um, but please don't just go over this once and forget it. Um, bring it up especially if you're seeing that they're kind of like writing that fine line and they're not following the agreement, then say, hey, remember the agreement, um, you know, read it if you need to, or just point out whatever section that they're, you know, kind of like writing that line on and say, hey, um, where are you at with the um, $500 savings, you know, and give a deadline too, because if some people, they might want to have the child earn the $500 before they get the device, some will give them a timeline, so like from the moment you get the device, you have six months to earn that money or, or a year, who knows, it's up to you, right? So don't just write it out, sign it, and forget it. You have to enforce it um, and and make sure that you put a clause in there saying, hey, <laughs> this is subject to change because I'm the parent, and if uh, I feel like there's something new that we need to add or take away, then we will. Um, so just consider having that talk and consider writing out that agreement, make it formal. And, and, you know, I think that kids will appreciate that you include them in the decision-making of like what is going to be in that agreement. That way it doesn't feel like it's just, oh, my parents are making me do this. 
just include them, you know, like what would you like your screen time hours to be? What do you think that you can handle? Uh, what what consequence would you like if you fail to follow the screen time, you know, um, rules? Uh, and <clears throat> let's try this monitoring tool, but if you don't like it, then you let me know within so many days and then we can try a different one, you know? So uh, include them as much as possible because it should be that way. I mean, this is something that they're going to enjoy. And if they, if you want your children to feel like they can come to you uh, when something doesn't go as planned, then, you know, they're not going to feel that way if you don't include, if all you're saying is you're going to do this and this and this and they have no say. Um, so I'm going to stop right there because I wanted to make this kind of short and just to give you some food for thought because there are so many parents who never even have a conversation about how to report bullying online. You know, they don't tell them like, if you're on Instagram, those three little dots, and then you report or block or, you know, um, but educate yourself further about that before you block, before you report. There's certain things that you should do. Take screenshots, screen recordings of the information, you know, keep track of all that. Um, and like I said, if you want a very detailed consultation or coaching on this, schedule an appointment with me. Um, I do also have an entire course on online safety and kids. So you can uh, contact me and ask about that. And it's also self-paced, um, the courses. Uh, and there are many options. So just feel good about that. And I'm not saying don't let your child get on social or get on the web. I'm just saying, just know if it's the right time or if there's a real reason for your child to be on there because there are too many kids that suffer from really negative mental health um, impacts from cyberbullying and from other types of bullying. So just keep your kiddos safe. I mean, some kids even get traumatized by some of the violence um, that they see online. Uh, and you might think, no, that's impossible. These kids are so desensitized nowadays, but you'd be surprised. Some kids still, um, they get anxiety from it. I mean, heck, kids get anxiety from hearing the news all the time. That's another thing you should include in there. Like, <laughs> you know, what type of accounts are you going to follow? You know, um, there are so many kids that were following all these news outlets and it was like causing so much chaos within, within them because it was one of those oh my God, the world's going to end type of news um, reports that they were receiving all the time, especially when the whole thing with Ukraine came out, right? When it, when it started, um, there were kids that were freaking panicking because they thought the war was going to come here and the U.S. was going to get blown up and all these horrible things because of what they were hearing from other um, people online. Some extreme reporting and then some under-reporting. It was crazy. So there's a lot more to discuss aside from what I just mentioned. So think about that. What other things have you heard um, and that you should talk to your children about? Um, because you just want them to be ready for, you know, always being on social media or always being on, on, on the web. I know that some of you have done a great job with keeping them away from that as much as possible, just like on any type of screen. It's great. I do see some of the downfalls because, you know, you do lose some cultural references, some up-to-date stuff. 
but you got to weigh your options on like where your child is with their mental health and their maturity level and their education needs um, versus having to be stay relevant with all the pop culture stuff that's going on right now. Um, but you're the parent, you decide, you know, what's best for your child. And yeah, that's, that's it. I'm going to wrap it up there because otherwise I'll keep going. Again, if you have questions, um, let me know, either comment below or um, contact me directly at dali at dalitalks.com. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it really helps when you leave a review. So if you can take a minute or two to leave a detailed review, I'd really appreciate it. And hey, you're doing a great job. Parenting is not perfect, okay? Not, there isn't a single person out there that has done this parenting thing 100% um, correctly. So give yourself grace. Know that you're doing the best. The fact that you're even listening to this episode is evidence that you are doing the best that you can. So be good to yourself. All right, until next time. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind-the-scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast.